up, everybody? You are now listening to the Power Post Game Report. I'm your, one of your hosts, Triple D, and across from me always is... It's your boy, Carlos D. What's up? Not much, man. How are you? I am blessed and highly flavored. Flavored. F- favored. <laughs> nah, you could be flavored. I'm both. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure we're, 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 you know, we made us black, so, you know, seasoning, you know. <laughs> but that's just good. I'm glad to hear that. What's going on with you, brother? Not much, man. Uh, a year older and uh, already feeling my age. Uh, goodness. Celebrated a birthday and body just started falling apart the day of the birthday. But Damn. that's well, life for you. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's just uh, a part of getting older, but it's still one year still around. So that's better than the alternative is what I always tell people. Yeah. I'll do it a couple of you didn't. Go ahead. I said I'll take a couple of aches and pains over still being able to breathe air and eat good yeah. food and hang out with good people and enjoy all the good things that even though life may suck sometimes you still got the yeah, you still got one, so that's always beautiful. I feel you. And you know, I ain't mad at that, but I just wish it didn't happen all at once. It was like it's like you know how when whatever phone you have, the company announces the new phone. Yeah. And then miraculously your old phone just starts tripping out. That's literally what happened to me. Like, I was hanging out uh, on my birthday yesterday, whenever you're hearing this, September 15th, whatever. And, um, yeah, I I went to take my seatbelt off, and my hip just started acting up. I don't know how they correlated me clicking the seatbelt, and my hip just start just started spasming, like, in my groin area. I don't... I. I don't know, man. It, it was the weirdest thing. It's just like, okay, I understand I'm older, but like, you don't have to make me feel it all <laughs> at once. It was barely even like the afternoon. Like, I could see if it was a long day of being out. I, I could live with that, but I'm still thankful. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm also thankful that um, it wasn't a fluke. the uh, The original theme is clearly here and uh, back to stay. Yeah, I guess fifty fifty uh, finally. Came to his senses and gave everybody what they really wanted. And I think this is probably going to be at the last time we have to talk about it because I think he learned from his mistakes, realized that <laughs> while we enjoy a nice Trey Songs ballad or whatever Trey Songs does, we don't want him on the power theme song. So thank you, 50. You finally alleviated everybody's concerns and brought back what we all know and love. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're here to talk about episode four. Why is Tommy alive? Well, excuse me. Why is Tommy still alive? Uh, what, did, what were your initial thoughts on this episode as a whole? Uh, I gonna say it was another strong episode to me. Uh, not as good, of course, uh, as I uh, forgot about Dre the last episode, but I still say it was probably the, let me, it's, I always say it's, we'll feel weird saying the best or, but the second best of the four we got this so far this season. Um, okay. I think it gave us some good, uh, progression into some of the stories, um, good a couple of good uh, excuse me a couple of good action scenes. Uh, they got a little sexy. They didn't go all the way out, but they got a little sexy in this one too. So I think I had a lot of the the dynamics or the the ingredients that really made the show as popular as it used to be. So, um, pretty strong episode overall. What about you? What you think? Uh, I agree, straight up. I agree. Um, this one. I don't know. I honestly haven't been ranking them like you have, uh, which I probably should really take into consideration. 
But um, I thought this was, just like you said, a very strong episode. Um, I feel like a lot of people's backs uh, were against the wall. And for a group of people that are just trying to be real and upfront with each other, there was a whole lot of like, I got to do what I got to do type decisions being made in this particular episode where, you know, usually when these things happen, everybody's quick to point a finger at ghosts, which to a degree I get, but um, it, everyone, I feel like everyone did something suspect in this episode. So uh, you want to, you want to dive in? Let's get into it. Let's start it. I mean, for a win, we got to start, I guess, in the first scene, ghosts, I guess, is showing that he still has feelings and love for Angela. And then we get what we thought we would never see again. Angela in a speaking role as to me, her ghost is just as annoying as her real life person. <laughs> I thought we'd never see her again, but oh, she popped man. up in the first scene and she's getting into ghost's mind, ghost's mind. And um, she basically asked him the question that was the, the, the title of this episode. If, if Ghost really felt so bad about what happened to her and all the bad things that happened to her, then why is Tommy still alive? Uh, man, so you know what's funny about this one? I never, I always, you know, once um, I start the episode, I never look at the credits. Um, I just let it play. You know, I vibe out to the music and I always hear the vocal cue of, okay, now it's time for me to look back at the screen. For whatever reason, this particular episode, my eyes were on the credits and I saw her name on there. And I was like, huh. Well, maybe they're just going to, you know, in my thoughts, it's just like, maybe they're just going to show some some flashbacks or whatever. And nope, we get essentially the ghost of Angela, um, which is pretty much just the way I took it is ghost grieves differently. Um, he when he he projects his guilt with whoever he's lost because you know we saw the same thing with reyna a few seasons back like where he saw her in the crowd and everything like that and this is just kind of i i've just kind of tagged this as this is the way ghost grieves he wrestles with uh his guilt it, it manifests himself in as i i like to think that he's having these conversations in his head uh, i would really be a little shocked if he's having these conversations out loud with no one here but i i think that I think they got bold. I think the directors and the writers got bold. And this is them showing us, giving us a visual representation of his inner monologue, of his of his guilt and how he's how he's processing this death. Because it's not the first time we've seen him process death in this manner. A lot of people, I, I've read other uh, little posts and I remember when Raina died and people were just like, he didn't grieve like he he ain't even that's he don't even seem that sad and it obviously it wasn't until episodes later where he starts seeing her where she's not actually you know present so it's just like you know everybody grieves different uh some people cry their eyes out some people let their minds wander some people do reckless stuff like go to strip clubs and get in the high speed car chases everybody grieves different uh i I, I thought it was interesting to bring her back for the sake of playing his conscience and for her to just do something different where it's just like she just she just gets to be a figment of his imagination. Uh, it, it has nothing to do with her job. Obviously, the, the feelings are attached, but she's even though she's no longer a physical plot device, 
she's still somewhat of a plot device. Mm. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Because I didn't, you know, of course I didn't think that she was an actual ghost visiting ghosts. And I think, you know, this is all something that's inside of his mind. But it is good to see, I guess they doing a little bit more. Because like I said, they didn't really have this kind of same thing with Raina. Like you said, he did see glimpses of her or he thought a girl, a little girl was her. But I believe in that situation, it was an actual girl. But he just kind of, like she was a physical girl that he just kind of got lost in a second and like thought it was his daughter. But I, I, I could be misremembering that wrong. But in this one, he's like actually talking to her. They're having a dialogue. They're having a conversation. And we know this clearly just ghosts, you know, manifesting her. And it's not the actual Angela. But it was still good to see that him, him kind of talking out his thought process as to how he got where he is right now and then what possible moves he might make moving forward. Yeah. So from there, I, and mm, my mind escapes me, but overall, and we can, we could just kind of tie this in overall. Jason Midditch got to go. This dude is, I, I mean, I've already, I'm still team him because right now he's in the lead and, you know, I'm going to go bandwagon uh bandwagon mode and and be on this team but realistically this dude's got to go he he's essentially just gonna pretty much milk them dry until one of them or both of them end up dead and this dude is doing a, a lot to step on next how do you feel about him i mean like i said he's the big bad guy of this season uh, because they got to have somebody. It can't just be about Tommy and Ghost because they, they really do are forced to pick sides, which, of course, we are picking sides. But you got to have like a a mutual bad guy that's kind of messing with both of them to keep you kind of on the sides of the people we're supposed to be on the sides of. Because we're not really supposed to hate Ghost fully or hate Tommy. Even though I don't think I don't think I've ever heard anybody that didn't like Tommy. I mean, most people just kind of like the fact that Tommy is kind of like out of control sometimes. But I never really heard people say a lot of bad stuff about like, Oh, I want Tommy to die or I wish Tommy wasn't around and stuff like that. So they got to have some type of mutual person. Um, and why not hate this guy who is basically torturing ghosts, extorting them for everything he's worth. Um, and then or, or, and at the time, trying to force him back into the game that he doesn't want to be a part of. And the only way he can really get back to that game is to kill Tommy, who is a lot of people's favorite character. So I think he is winning like you said he's definitely been the smartest um and definitely i think of all the uh outside bad people they had to fight with i think he's definitely been the most consistent and the most uh kind of untouchable because like with the other ones they all had like weaknesses lobos was just insane, insane. yeah and, and i think this this uh jason is insane too but he's more calculated with it insane yeah. in the sense that he is a nut that would do anything but he's not gonna just do it like willy nilly out of control and just spaz out. I think, I think power. Well, honestly, I, well, no, honestly, I think Lobos was already insane. He, I feel like he was probably insane before he came into power. I think Midage probably legit worked his way up to the top, and then the power he obtained made him insane. Yeah, I think that's what made him unreasonable. It's just like he reached a, an untouchable point. And that's what I think that's what kind of drives his his craziness. But because he this is all, you know, speculation and theory. Hello. 
the inner workings were his own family into it. Um, so he, you could you could tell by his recklessness. Then of course you had Milan, who was also kind of you know cold and calculating, but I think he relied more heavily on fear than uh than smarts. Like he got the drop on Ghost initially by making himself like his head of security. But like once he once he instilled that like okay this is who I really am and this is how much power I have, he he got lazy. You know what I mean? And that's how he he ended up going down. Uh, Midage is. He's been watching these dudes and he he's pretty much he's pretty much the ghost of his own story. Um, he he's he's what I think ghost would have become eventually if he willingly had stayed in the game, mm. uh, which who knows that that could very well be the outcome. Ghost could become the new Jason Midditch. We don't we don't know what what how this is going to play out. So. Moving on from that, Mama Egan's back and uh, still being messy, <laughs> just popping up on, popping up on Tommy, un- unsuspected and whatnot. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Tommy and his gang of knuckleheads uh, just hanging out, getting ready for this next this next drop? Uh, like I said, this was I always enjoy, even though they don't get a lot of uh, screen time. The dynamic between Spank, uh, what is Black Grimace and um, Two Bit? I always forget Two Bit, but I always like you know I like how they engage, I like how they joke around with each other. Even though sometimes Two Bit and them take it a little bit too far, um, but it was even funny when they were making the bet when uh, Tommy's phone kept going off, and right. it was like it's either your mom or or your girl, or your girl and they don't, and then they make the bet, and Black Grimace thought he was gonna come up off the twenty dollars, and it was his what was it, his girl asking about his mom, right? Which I don't see how that. I don't see how that makes, you know what I'm saying? I don't see how that makes him lose the bet. It was technically his girl calling, and that's who Grimace bet on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I think so, I think they, they they chalked it up to the underlying reason. She wouldn't have been blowing up his phone if the mother hadn't been over bothering him. So I think they saying the cause of the phone call is the mom. So technically, Black Grimace is the loser, and uh, Two-Bit spanking the other new, whatever the dude name is. The the uh the Taurus Locos yeah no. whatever their name is no 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 they're uh, not Taurus Locos they the Salinos Salinos yeah um I've said it before like they're setting us up for for some sad times because they have one of these moments they've had one of these moments or two in every episode and I feel like they're setting us up for for the eventual downfall of his 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 uh his gang of misfits. And honestly, I'm still going with my original theory because it keeps happening. Uh, even though they, they addressed it, uh, that two bit is well, two bit and, and BG keep getting into it, and it, it just kills me that two bit for all this the tough talk. He quick to grab a gun. He's quick to reach for the gun when whenever whenever Slim Grimace uh, rolls up on him, and Spank always has to has to chill it out. And I feel like I don't know, man. I hate to be that dude, but it's just like it it's just a matter of time at this point. Yeah, I think one time they're gonna get into it and Spank ain't gonna be there there to break it up. Or I think honestly Spank might get caught in the crossfire one time. Like one time one of them gonna pull out the gun too quick, probably two bit. Spank gonna try to jump in the way. He gonna end up getting shot. Uh and the two bit probably gonna be upset that he killed him and they're gonna end up killing each other. I, I got a feeling these three are all gonna die some type of comical way all together. But just because 
you know, they are clearly the comic relief of every episode. They always right. either, you know, ranking on each other or uh, two bit always about to shoot somebody. And to me, you ain't gonna keep on threatening to shoot me four, five, six hundred right. times before one of us gonna have to shoot one of us. So I got feeling BG was gonna snap and get, finally get caught up with it. Or one time, Spank will be able to stop him from that gun out fast enough, and then all hell gonna break loose between these three. Yeah, man. So how did you feel about Mama Egan pretty much just instantly being messy with, with Keisha and, like, mentioning the ex and all that stuff? I mean, I think that's kind of like her role in this in this thing. It's like she loves her son clearly, but she always can't just be a part of his life as a loving mother without bringing some type of dysfunction into it. Um, But I looked at her in this particular... I, I feel like she kind of doing the right thing as a person who knows what her, you know, because Tommy doesn't hide the fact what he does from his mother. He doesn't hide it from Keisha. And I think his mother, in a way, thinks she's looking out for her son by kind of like filtering these women out of his life. If they, if he, if she doesn't think, you know, they're thorough enough to um, hold him down the way that he should be held down, given the situation of his occupation. Right. So I think she she means well, even though she's not the most tactful when it comes to how to articulate her kind of misgivings about her son's possible love interest or even with the father. I, I also think she's afraid of losing Tommy for good because she so heavily relies on him to take care of her. You know, I don't think she works from what I understand. He pretty much keeps her drug habit fed and he also keeps her, you know, what a place to live and paying her bills and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I agree. Like it's definitely, she's definitely going about it a weird way, but she does have a point. Like Keisha's not, not built for this, no matter how hard she keeps trying to like step up. The, the overarching thing is just like, this isn't, this is not for her. And she's and she, she called it like she saw it. Like, you know, she's going to put her son first, which any smart, reasonable, decent parent should do. So it's like, I, I got to give her props for acknowledging to Tommy that like, look, like you need someone who, who doesn't have these attachments. You know what I mean? Because if, if just like you called it, like if something happens to cash, Keisha's loyalty is out the window. Like, mm no questions asked whatsoever yeah and i so not to cut you off but i think i think that scene the later scene where she uh does go out and to beat up some kids that like that you know hurt cash is foreshadowing for what's gonna happen later in the season or late sometime at some point in these next uh few episodes as they kind of move towards the finale is that ultimately uh directly or indirectly tying it because of tommy Cash is going to end up either severely hurt or even possibly dead. And that's going to be the straw that's going to break Keisha um, to either run to the cops to snitch or maybe even get so drastic that she may try to harm Tommy herself because she blames him for whatever happens to her son. But I think they, they're giving us too much cash after giving us so little cash that it has right. to be some type of payoff for it. They're not just showing yeah. the dude just to show him. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. So from there we get the first uh, the first face-to-face interaction of Ghost and Dre since, what, middle of last season, maybe? 
Like, cause I don't think they've been mm. in the same. It might even been the season before that. It's quite possible. I feel, I feel like, like the last definitely on the run. Yeah, I feel like the last time they kind of worked together was when, uh, before Ghost. I mean, not Ghost. Before Gr- Dre started trying to work with that other hotel group. Back oh, when, yeah, when, yeah. Uh, when Tate brought him in to be the uh, the quote unquote new face, and yeah. then Ghost like he uh, he Simon sterned him. And yeah, got him fired, but but Tate still tried to like get him another job or something. Yeah, I think he was working with a blonde lady or something. I remember he was supposed um, to like operate the hotels overseas or right. something like that. I swear I should have started. I forgot her name too. Go back and watch some of these. I was thinking about that yesterday because like, for at least for you, you got a, a fresher memory because you did binge watch like these, uh, the first couple of seasons within the last year or so. I, I'm trying to remember things from you know six seven years ago whenever this thing first started. So I'm like spacing out on a lot of the old details and stuff that used to happen. Hey, I'm I'm not that great. Like I'm definitely spacing on some of it, but um, definitely the proper response in uh, seeing Ghost. I mean, seeing Dre for the first time. Yeah, I, I'd pretty much be ready to stab him in the face with whatever I had in my hand. It could have been a a, a, a bendy straw. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely the most the proper response and Proctor. Pretty much, you know, like, hey, this is this is our best play, which I do not blame Ghost at all for not trusting Dre, which, you know, who in the world would? Um, and Dre really trying to, to play the sympathy. And it's like, I think if we hadn't seen the kid, I wouldn't feel a little bit of sympathy for him. Um, just because we know how, how dirty he is and, and the things he's done. So it's like you, you feel for him just a bit, just a bit. How did you feel about Proctor's plan? I mean, to me, I know it's a TV show. And we got to like kind of not pay attention. But I, for me, I feel like Ghost would have been more upset and not so ready to let Dre back into his mix, even if it was in the best interest of him uh, based on Proctor's plan to kind of use the use Dre as a tool to work back against the government. But mm-hmm. I feel like after Dre tried to steal his clubs, steal his drug organization, and I probably tried to kill him a couple of times, it, you know, them trying to kill each other, that they let him back in um, a little bit too quick and like no real guarantee that he wouldn't do, you know, some of the stuff that he ultimately does later in the episode to try to, you know, double cross them while he's supposed to be, you know, working for them. So I, I, I thought I understood definitely uh, Ghost's anger. But I, I, had, I thought, you know, it should have lasted a little bit longer. He should have had to, like, think it over a little bit more about, like, man, let me think on letting Dre back in or even pretending to let Dre back in. Um, but I also think that Ghost, as we saw in the last episode, is outside of Proctor. And, you know, he is pretty much alone. He doesn't have anybody else. So any chance to have somebody that might even possibly have his back, I think he was going to jump at that. Um, and... I think without a Tommy team up, Dre was probably going to be the next closest thing to have some type of team up because I still think he tries to use Dre to get back at, uh, to take out Jason, which is, you know, what I'm thinking down the line. I can agree. I definitely would agree with that. So from there, we move on to the daycare and uh, enter Asha's new love interest, uh, which is, it was so obvious and, I, I, you know what? Before I go in, how how did you feel about um Quentin 
and his introduction and that first interaction with Tasha. How did you feel about that? Uh, I mean, like I said, it all, like, I don't know. Everything seemed very, very rushed when it comes to this Tasha and Quinn interaction. Yes. Um, I feel like, okay, I understand if I came into a, a business and I was single, I might flirt with a pretty lady that was working there. But I felt like their connection was too quick um, that they... It's like on site. Yeah, immediately. And I'm not saying that can't happen, but I was thinking like, maybe I'm just not that good looking as I think I am because I don't, this type of stuff never really happened to me in real life. Where I, I, I know these... I'm not. I still think that was, it was kind of shaky. But yeah, because they try to build like this instant attraction and then they want us to like care. I guess they want us as the audience to care about this possible blossoming relationship but it's like why would i care about tasha hooking up with some random dude that she met you know two or three times um under very weird circumstances yeah so you know i feel like it was kind of rushed and now i mean i wasn't really feeling it totally um so i like super yeah go ahead no go ahead like super rushed and they both in the very first interaction of the episode they both just start like unloading like all this personal info like neither one of them tried to play it cool and it was just like overall like of all their interactions it almost made it, it made me suspicious like it was like okay this is moving way too fast and either this was just like a rush job from the writers or this dude's a plant mm-hmm. like somebody somebody pimped this dude out you know that he's this could be another one of Tate's uh, people on the payroll. Uh, Q Quentin with uh, with the daughter. He's like, hey man, you do this for me, and I maybe I'll get you full custody of your daughter or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? It just seemed super rushed, super forced, and there was they they completely threw out the will they won't they aspect of it. But uh, you about to say you liked something. Oh no! I said I like how the uh, the scene was broken up though when Tasha gets the call from the the uh, trust and basically yeah. that you know if she needs to come in to resign her name because if she's going by her maiden name she needs to resign his documents and she learns that Ghost is taking the money out of um, Raina's trust um, to do God knows what like it's her eyes she doesn't know what he's using it for she just knows that this is more money he's denying her. And taken away from um, her ability to kind of be more independent. Yeah, that when that when that dropped, I was like, "Oh, he's wild!" But his back's against the wall. He was desperate, and again, not condoning it, but this dude Jason Midditch is a problem, and he wanted his money. And it's like, yeah, Tasha has every right to be mad, but at the same time, it's like Ghost had no other option. We don't know how crazy Jason Midditch is. He might come for for Tasha and the kids, right? And it's just like he he had to. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, it's it's a bunch of, I know this is wrong, and I know this is wronger than the usual wrong that I do, but I got to do what I got to do, because we're out of options here. Right. And that led to the next scene, which was the, the tense scene where Ghost is uh, having a showdown with uh, one of the henchmen. I don't know their names. I don't think they even give oh, these guys yeah. names. But one of the henchmen... Uh, Henchman number 15. Yeah. And they basically, like, they having a back and forth, like, you know, 
you pay or you die. And then Ghost is like, well, if you're going to, you know, I can't keep paying. You're going to have to give me a reduction because I'm going to be broke soon. If I'm broke, I can't pay. And how am I good to you guys if I if I'm if I can't pay you? So you got to lower the things and do is basically like, I'm not trying to hear all that bullshit. Uh, you know, pay us or we're going to get you up out of here. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for how because at this point it has to happen. Like they didn't have the they had the WrestleMania stared at right. each other. Like even Ghost like kind of kind of pressed up on him too. It's just like, okay, how is Ghost gonna kill this guy? Yeah, you know what I mean? Because now he's marked for death. Like just he ha- he has to go at some point. So now it's just a, a point of when, where, and how. Yeah, you know why? It's coming as for a, a real showdown. And then I thought I was mistaken in this episode. I thought that the the two goons was just being stupid. Talking about how, okay, we're going to have this meeting with the black one now, and then we got to have meet with the Irish one later. I thought they was being yeah. stupider, but apparently that was a plot. A, a plan. Yeah, a plan. A on, yeah, on, on, on uh, Jason's part to let them know they meet with Tommy later to uh, do a shipment, um, which set up to a later assassination attempt later. But I thought, like, are these people just stupid? Why are they talking so openly about other business they got to handle um, until we learn, later learn that that was all part of their plan? Yeah, it definitely had me going. I was right there with you. Um, so we, we had one of the meetings between uh, Ghost and uh, Councilman O-Dog. Uh, this, is, this is before. This is before the, the assassination attempt where, um, what did, oh, he, he, he asked him, like, look, I need you to shut down this, this city block, figure it out. And uh, Tate, Tate says, and again, this is another one of those lines that just kind of stuck out to me. He was like, you ain't going to do anything that's going to come back on me, are you? And Ghost says, no. But he clearly, it, like, it, it felt like yes. Like, not on purpose, but this is definitely going to going to come back at you at some point. Right. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I mean, Ghost's actions always seem to come back on usually people around him and not necessarily him. But uh, it was another thing where I, I, I'm still confused a little bit about why they're still so heavily connected to each other at this point. Like, what does Ghost have to do with him being governor? Or why do they need Ghost around to help make him governor? Like, I understand that they have their ties because of the, uh, what is it, the QCH or the, the QCP. QCP. But I'm still un- not 100% understanding why they still have to have so much daily involvement other than Ghost wanting the QCB to go up. like, But why does Tate need Ghost in these particular situations? I think because optics-wise, it, it would look pretty shady after everything that Ghost went through if if uh, Tate would just to just kick him to the curb, which any politician in their right mind would normally do. They would just get rid of him. Like, okay, you're clearly, you know, radioactive and shouldn't be handled right now. But... In many cases, the minute you get rid of them, it makes people focus on you even harder. It's like, okay, well, and they, they kind of need each other to keep each other. They need to keep each other close because if if Tate really does kick Ghost to the curb, like Ghost could easily take down Tate, like and just completely tank his uh, his election campaign. Right, and that's going to be always Ghost's threat to Tate is like, you know, we are in, in, intertwined with each other. And anything bad happened to me is basically going to happen to you. So I don't know if he's using Tate as like an insurance policy to keep um, to use like he did with the city, shutting down the city block to use his political connections or influences to keep the heat off ghosts. Um, or he just won't let him off, off his uh, off his 
not off his team until he gets what he wants is that QCP. I could easily see both, but yeah. definitely more with the QCP. All right. So from there, we got Tariq. My favorite little Nino Barrel, Nino yeah, Brown in training. Pretty much. Kingpin scouts. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he he had to get active. He he had to get physical, even though you know he didn't get physical, physical. But like he had to get he had to get active in this one, and uh, broke into into Tommy's warehouse. Which I'm surprised because the whole time I'm thinking during that initial scene, it's like that's crazy. I, I can't believe he's going to rob Tommy, but he didn't know. Uh, Kanan took him there way back when. And he just thought that it was, which at the time, Kanan and Tommy were quote-unquote working together, even though we know Kanan was was pretty much plotting to, to take it from him. Mm-hmm. But he inadvertently steals from Tommy. Uh, we get yet another uh, Three Stooges scene. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, they're eventually the Three Stooges of power. He would do Ian Louie. Yeah. Um, you know, well, yeah, and, this was when, when uh, actually... When he was about to threaten to shoot him again, he called him a. He said, "I'm gonna shoot you right. your Easter Island head, something like that." Right, but it all started with him like, "Look, man, I'm tired of you, you know what I'm saying, getting in my face and always trying to clown me," which he had every right to, you know what I'm saying. And I think it, it's the obvious beef, like, you know, when when Spank is clowning, Grimace don't he don't really be caring, but like two bit he talked trash, and then as soon as you say something back, he he got a gun in his hand. Uh huh. So it's like. Yeah, I think I think BG wanna I think BG wanna see him like straight up. Right. Like, we we know at this point we know two bit isn't isn't about any of that. Gotcha. Oh, cool, cool question. So at first at first I was thinking the same thing as far as the Tommy uh, Tariq. I think Tariq does know that's Tommy's spot because I think at first I was thinking how did Tariq know where the stash house was? But if you remember, I think he got that text. He looked at his uh, Uber transactions and he saw the one star he got from when Tommy. Remember when he, Tommy asked him to drop him off, oh, and he right. gave the one star because they. I was like, why are they showing his his uh, you know, this Uber screen with the one star? But that was the ride that Tommy took in episode uh, two. So I think he does know that's the spot, and I think he knew Tommy was his last hope of getting any more drugs. Um, and he couldn't just go to Tommy and ask him to you know be his, be his hookup. I did not. I did not see that. Yeah, I got to forgive me. Um, I got a small TV. So it's like, <laughs> I saw him looking at the screen, but like, I thought he was ordering himself an Uber, which I'm pretty sure he probably was. And I guess when he was scrolling, I guess that's that's pretty much what makes out what you saw. Um, yeah, I got a small TV. I, I need to see them details. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, why? Because it caught me off guard at first. Because when I first was saw Tariq, I was like, well, how the hell did he know about the stash spot? Uh, I didn't even think about the cane apart, but I remember I was like, why are they showing, making a point of showing him in this Uber screen and with a one star? But I remember that Tommy got that one star, so he basically backtracked Tommy's steps and uh, led him straight to the Connect House. Smart. As much crap as we as people give Tariq, me included, that was smart. Yeah, he was really smart. Let's say he a little kingpin in the making. And right. I don't even want to get it. How come Tommy never changed up? I know it's not hard. It's not easy to get a warehouse. Or a new warehouse, but too many people know about your stash spot, uh, and you don't. You just keep using the same stash spot. So that that shows kind of the silliness, or not the thinking of Tommy, uh, when it comes to his willings and dealings as a drug kingpin itself. Mm-hmm. So, 
before we get to the uh, the botched the botched assassination attempt, but we, we we had a Tasha scene where you know you know Tasha, petty first, think later. She runs up in the in the campaign office, uh, trying to demand this and that, and Ramona being who uh, Ramona Garrettly 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 Garrity Garrity, she's gonna be the voice of reason in this this chaotic campaign of Tate's. Um, she talks her down, which everything she said was spot on. It's like, obviously, you know, Tasha has a point with, you know, the kids, but let's, let's keep it 100. When she, when she stormed in there, her, her thought was not the kids. Her thought was how, you know, how can I get one up on, on James? That's why she went straight to, to Tate and not, and she didn't, you know what I'm saying? Run up on ghost or, or at least call him about it. Like her, her main thing was, get me something, get me some, get me one up. I need a one up to, to pretty much take, to take precedence over this L I just took for right. whatever reason. Um, how did, how did you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, well, I feel like Tasha's options are limited. So there's only so much she can do. She knows she can't go to the police. You know, you know, ghost committed a crime by stealing her funds or forging her signature. She's not gonna get them arrested. We've already been down that road. She know demanding anything from ghost hasn't been working for her either. Because she's asked for more money, she's asked for more things or means to try to help take care of the kids. Ghost has been uh, reluctant to provide that mainly because he, you know, honestly, he's struggling too. Ghost doesn't have any money. Yeah. Uh, all the money he makes, he's pretty much given, you know, the midage. Um, so I thought she had to kind of find somebody she could vent to that may have at least a little bit. And I don't think it's about even controlling Ghost in this particular situation. I think her goal was to hopefully get something out of an additional out of Tate um, for her willing to keep up the fake happy, you know, marriage, uh, you know, that fakeness of it. So yeah, that facade, there you go. So I think she wasn't necessarily looking that they will actually be doing something harm a ghost or to do, to make ghosts like give back the money. But I think she needed to do something to kind of show that she has some kind of a little bit of power or get something out of it. But since she feels like she's always taking these ales, uh, when it involves ghosts, yeah, we we shall see what comes of that. Um, I definitely noticed that Garrett Lee, Garrity, darn it, Garrity, she kind of was taken aback when she kind of like it. For all we know, Tasha was accurate, and she doesn't have any kids. This is this is all speculation at this point, but like she definitely kind of felt some kind of way about it, like. You know what I'm saying? Like, she pretty much told her, like, you get me, but you don't get me. So, mm -hmm. like, don't try and school me on this. Whereas in, she, Garrett Lee is, is Olivia Pope. Like, she, for the most part, like, she's here to win this this campaign. She's here to win this election. And she gonna say what she gotta say to get you into it. But, you don't. we don't really know that much about her. The only thing we really know about her is that she's from the DNC and her husband cheated on her. That's the only real thing we know about her. And she has googly eyes for James. Yeah, yeah. That's about it. Um, yeah. From there, go ahead. No, I'm saying, yeah, I think she, you know, she did her part though, and talked yeah, and walked walked uh, Tasha back off the ledge. But yeah. I, I also wonder how long somebody can. It, it, that's a part of that, you know, that white collar, buttoned up world can keep control over. 
two hood people at the end of the day. Because Tasha ain't nothing but a chick from the hood. And Ghost ain't nothing but a, a even with all his suits and the money he done made, he still ain't nothing but a corner boy at the end of the day. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like she doesn't know how deep they are. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past her to have been, you know, dealing with with people like them on the surface mm-hmm. and, you know, in the past. But just on the surface, hood chick, and drug dealer, boyfriend or husband, baby daddy, whatever. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure that's easy. She don't know just how deep this rabbit hole goes. Right. You know what I mean? So speaking of this rabbit hole and uh, how deep these guys go, Ghost dug deep in the closet and pulled out his action suit. You know what I'm saying? Boost his stats, plus five dexterity, plus eight <laughs> stealth. Um, because, you know, you can wear all black on a on a cloudy afternoon, an overcast out afternoon, and no one's going to see you hopping over, over fences and through construction sites and whatnot. That's his stealth suit. When he yeah, put that man. on, he invisible. Hey, the black track uh, pants and the uh, the tight jacket, right with the with the with the hoodie, no mask, man. nope, face just out, broad daylight shootouts. It was one of them unlockables. It was an unlockable item. He he throw that on, no one sees him, but right. apparently Tommy. Yeah, well, so I'm not, I, I was about to say at first when I I thought the objective was a little bit different. I thought Ghost was just trying to make Tommy late or mess up Tommy's business by not letting him yeah. to get off the block. I didn't think this was going to turn into uh, him trying to kill Tommy in that particular situation because I was like, oh, he's just going to try to keep him in a warehouse or mess up his business or throw up the flow of his business so maybe he won't be able to pay Jason and he'll be you know, caught up in that mess. Um, but when he turned into you know, assassin, assassin, um, well, at first, honestly, let me back up because at first I thought his plan was to shut down the business, but then I thought, oh, damn, Tommy outsmarted him again with the ambulance. Yeah. Because when you see Tommy just riding down the street using the ambulance to his advantage, for one, who thought he'd still have it, and then for two, right. uh, you know, that was a that would be a hell of a smart-ass move if a gas leak really was going to stop him from making this, this, uh, this meeting with this new supplier. Or, um, and, and, and so I thought that was a smart move, and I not think it was Ghost Gold to try to kill him at that particular point. What did you think about the, uh, the scene, the plan, and everything? Pretty much, I was pretty much on board with you. Like, I I figured that he was gonna go in and maybe light the warehouse on fire or something like that. And once he saw them leave, it seemed like, oh, okay, cool. Like now I know no one's gonna be there. But and I, I'm almost wondering if maybe that was his plan. And then when he saw Tommy, like his his rage just sort of took over, and he just like, you know what, I'm gonna just go ahead and try in this now because. That feels super irrational for for Ghost. Like that doesn't feel like a clean plan at all. Like I'm gonna try and kill this dude that I know is dressed as as an EMT in broad daylight. Right. Like no real escape plan. I'm gonna wreck my car in the process that is in my name. Like I feel like his plan initially was all right. Or I, I, well, I think even if he was gonna kill him, I think his plan was to kill him inside the warehouse. But when he saw him leaving, his his rage took over. Just like, all right, well, get, gun it. We just gonna gas it now. Um, I was talking about this with one of the patients at the clinic, and he we were both on the same page. Like, how you fire that many shots and nobody gets nicked? Yeah, on both like, parts because after right. ghost ghost act like they didn't have guns. Ghost was running up on the ambulance like I stuff finished the job, and then two bits start firing back. 
and you know may goes drop to the ground um if if two bit would have caught a few in the chest or even one in the arm i'd have been so happy because right. he at this point he deserves it it's you too soon I mean? though it's too soon i mean he could have gotten he didn't got it he, he didn't have to die but he could have got a flesh flesh wound, wound. yeah yeah some Nick glass in the face but yeah but two bit uh, you know save basically save tommy's life by coming up firing uh when ghost had them pinned down and dead to rights um yeah. and allowed them to escape um because like you said ghost being the idiot that he was basically wrecked his well not basically he wrecked his truck uh slamming into an ambulance at you know 40 miles an hour how you feel about the uh the fuck you ghost on the way out oh i love it it's funny oh my gosh Tommy right. always got some fun line or some fun thing to do oh my gosh when if he dies which he at this point, he has to probably. Like, I'm wondering what what his what his final words are going to be. It's going to be something quote like it's going to be one of those things that that social media and Twitter just takes and mm-hmm. runs with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know, a lot of people going down there. You can't have too many main characters make it out of this alive. Right. I feel like maybe Ghost and Tommy might both die. Um, but one of them, I think Tommy. If I had to guess right now, Tommy going to die. Um. But I don't think he's gonna die like at the hands of ghosts. I think he I, I think I'm gonna change my prediction from earlier. I think he's gonna die saving ghosts. I could see that. Like something's gonna that. happen where it's gonna be push come to shove again, and Tommy gonna be the stand up loyal guy that he's always been and put ghosts above himself. But it's gonna end up finally costing him his life. And then it's gonna be the nail in the in the fandom's coffin of okay, now we we for we forever hate ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't, but I get it. I, I understand those who do. Um, so we we find out, and this is where like it took a it took a hard left because when those police rolled up, I was like, wow, oh, you like, ghost fucked. Yeah, it was just like okay, no wonder you guys did so much in the first three episodes because ghost about to go back to jail. Like clearly, he's about to go back to jail, and that's what's going to happen for the next three four episodes. And we found out no. Tate got cops on the payroll, which adds a whole new level of just this is bad to the mix. Mm-hmm. See, I thought this was an interesting scene once again because I'm always talking about how like Tate always making these threats and always trying to be menacing, even though he doesn't have any you know physical you know prowess to back it up. But I think I keep forgetting that he has a lot of political connections. Um, and he can have dirty cops on his payroll and can use city funds or, or political power to have big things shut down. Um, but the twist to me was once again, Ghost still had the upper hand at the end of the, uh, the discussion. Because Tate talked all that stuff. Ghost, I'm shutting you down. Ghost, you ain't going to be allowed to do this type of stuff. And Ghost basically told him the same thing. Look, it's dangerous people out there. I got to do what I got to do. Not only to protect me, but by protecting me, I'm protecting you. And by you involving all these extra people into our problems, you think they don't know who got me to shut down the city block? You think they don't know who who had the authority to have cops coming into and me not getting arrested if I'm in a shootout? So you uh, basically are depending on me for protection, and I can't protect you. Um, can't protect everybody. Exactly. Yeah, like it. Just like you said, it really looked like oh man, like for a second, like oh man, Tate's got the upper hand again and ghost is like nope he still checked him at the end like you think you're in charge of all this but there's a whole lot going on that you're lucky i'm around for you know what i mean 
So we get another ghost Angie scene where she ghost Angie, which is clearly, you know, again, I, this, this just kind of further, this just further proves my, um, my theory that like, this is, this is his guilt. Cause like he's being super hard on himself and Angie was, was always hard on him when he, when she knew he was doing wrong, mm-hmm. but like ghost Angie, his, you know, his guilt manifesting manifesting was super hard on him. Just like, you need to get this done. Like, what are you waiting for? Like, avenge me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, See, but like I thought, Harry Osborn I, going crazy in Spider-Man. Like, avenge me yeah. now. But I thought this was also, wasn't this the scene when she told him that she asked why Tommy was alive, not necessarily that he should kill Tommy? Or was yeah. that later? Oh, okay. Um, I think that was, I want to say that might have been later. Okay. Cause, cause I'm, no, I, no, no. It was this. It okay. was this. Because yeah, to me, I feel like the guilt was eating him up, but that's also basically her giving him the past saying that he does not have to avenge her anymore or to dial back what he's trying to do to Tommy um, because it's not in the best interest of, of ghosts at the time right now. Like getting this revenge is not going to be anything that's going to help him get what he ultimately wants to be, which is back on out of this game fully and then back on a secure financial kind of standing. But I might have, I might have misread it. Uh, it's very possible that I did as well. So you know, hopefully we'll find out in time because it, uh, you know, to, to slightly jump ahead before we jump back, it don't seem like we've seen the last of her. Um, I hope, I hope they do it. They do it smart, and she just pops up randomly. I don't, I don't want Ghost Angie in every every episode. Right. Uh, you know, let her get her checks. Don't get me wrong. Get paid, but. I want her to just pop up at random. Yeah. So speaking of popping up at random, we got Quentin, or as I like to call him, Burberry Q, <laughs> showed up in the in the the I'm ready to be a baby daddy shirt, the Burberry print. I was like, dude, this is this is way too on the nose. But the, you could tell the writers were just like, we're gonna put him, we're gonna put him in the baby daddy uniform, in the baby daddy uniform, real quick. Uh, but like, it just made me feel like. This dude has got to be a plant because he keeps popping up and he's coming on way too strong. Um, but it's just it just seemed like a lot. What would you think of the second interaction where uh, it almost went down in the daycare? Yeah, to me this was like another odd, you know, situation. It's like okay, he likes her, he's interested in her, but. He came back too soon as if they had just met like maybe a day or so before. Like, you being real thirsty, bro. And then I, I I still don't understand Tasha's motivations in this particular thing because he goes to kind of ask her out on basically a date. Let's go. Oh, you know, let me take you out to eat or let me take you to get something to drink. And she's like, no, and pours a glass of wine out of her desk and is like, shut the door. Oh so they can God. start like just like you don't know this guy. Like, why are you letting him so deep into your life? Why are you telling him about your ex-husband and how he's not around and yada, yada, yada? Other than maybe exactly what I said about ghosts, Tasha's lonely too. Like, Tasha, her marriage is over. Uh, every man she has loved in this series has met some type of um, untimely death. death. Yeah, she still doesn't know. Because uh, I think Ghost is still, at least to, to uh, Tasha, did not hear anything to do with Silver leaving. So she doesn't know if Silva's dead, which I think she probably believes is the most likely thing, or he just ran off on her. 
So I think she just was lonely. Um, and she hasn't had the attention of a a man in a while. So it kind of led to a speeded up connection. Um, and like I said, she it started to go down. Shirts start coming off. They started to get hot and heavy. But at least she did have the common sense to, um, yeah. you know, I don't want to be this woman. I want to dial her back. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I thought it was an interesting thing um, in that particular situation. And I think maybe it does just lead to the fact that she is kind of lost to um, and dealing with like a lot of emotions, um, still still dealing with the death of her daughter, still dealing with this unsecure financial situation, um, and then just dealing with the anger of all the things Ghost has done to her without her really be able to do anything to get back. Like she's Because she still has to support him. She still has to do the things to keep him out of jail or keeping him looking with a good face, but she's not really getting anything in return. I could, I definitely agree with all of that. It, it definitely was super, you know, jarring because it's just like you again. They're they're dumping out a whole lot of personal info on each other, and within the same scene of a barely five minute span, it's about to go down in this daycare where at this rate just at the the pace of the episode um it seemed like they were open in the next day like yeah i'm kind of glad she had to wear with all the pump the brakes not mm-hmm. just for herself but for the fact that like you know you don't want kids around all that them sex germs that's just <laughs> disgusting, especially on opening day mm-hmm. but i mean who knows who knows how long it's been well it's been ter- i'm guessing silver was the last time she had some so um Hey, I guess when you when you ain't had it in a minute, you jump on what you jump on. Yeah, but it's still when for for the time frame of the show, because they never really get into details. That might only been a, about a two or three weeks. Yeah, because I think yeah. she t- t- Ghost have recently took uh, Silva out right before the end of last season, and from the time of when Angela Angela got shot, I don't think a month has passed. Because I mean, they had enough time to bury and everything, but I don't think a month has passed in the course of the actual show. Definitely, definitely. So from there, we got Sax meeting with Dre, trying to pump up for more info. Like, yo, it's time for you to to make good on this. Uh, where Sax, I'm sorry, I, I think second week in a row he has my favorite like one liner, where you know Dre is pretty much. Uh, Dre is playing both sides. Like we 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 get the, and it 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 comes to fruition a little later, but like Dre is good at playing both sides. Like he really had both people believing um, that he was pretty much down with their cause, but he he tries to 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 get Sax to believe that yeah he's he's clean and Sax this fool says. If he's clean, I'm a founding member of the Wu Tang. Right, that was funny. And which props to the writers and Jerry, you know Ferrara, excuse me, Proctor, following up with it. This dirty bastard is uh, running him off the books and just perfect timed. And uh, you know they, I like, I love little one liners like that. Uh, how do you feel about Dre just playing the system? Is you know waiting for his his opportunity. I mean, that's that's just, like I said, that's just his nature. That's his character. That's what we've seen out of this character since he was first introduced, is that he will use anybody uh, to get ahead, and he's not going to be in a situation where um, he's not going to play both sides and, and, and not going to be taking an L. He'll, he'll, he's always trying to find a way 
to be on the winning team. And he's doing it. You see in this scene and later scenes how he is uh, wearing the wire like Ghost told him to do and saying all the good things about Ghost being straight. But at the same time, later on, is giving Saks information that might get Ghost caught up. Yep. Because I think this is when they trick uh, Saks into giving up the location of the witness. Because Dre basically yeah. tells Saks, I believe he told him that Ghost convinced the witness to leave town. And then dumbass Saks, of course, ran straight to the witness. And, of course, Dre followed her and got the address and knows the location of. At this point, the only thing that's even keeping the Ghost case even somewhat active is the fact that they had this witness who may at the most have heard his voice still doesn't yeah. know what he looks like. Well, she well, take she it back. She knows what he looks like because she didn't see him commit any crime. The thing that ties him to the crime is his voice. So she, she yeah. does know what he looks like. Yeah. Um, which Dre following sacks was a, was a smooth move. Like I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Um, and him, again, him playing both sides during that that whole thing was just crazy. You know what I mean? It's just and you know him kind of calling it off at the last second, but Sachs clearly being too hot in the pants didn't read his uh his phone again. I think I think Ghost peeped that. I think Ghost peeped because it looks like he looks at Dre. Oh, you Dre looks okay. suspicious. So you went ahead a little bit. He, you talking about when they actually. When when Ghost goes to the apartment to meet the witness, yeah. Okay, sorry, I, thought okay. We, I thought we were both on. Yeah, that. yeah. Well, go for it. No, no, I got you. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, we here now. So he he runs up in there, he, and it really for a second there, you really think he's about to kill her, right? They did a really good job of that, and I like the way that they they kind of twisted it, and he he tries to do the right thing, um, and at this point. It's out of his hands. Like whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Like he he told her, do whatever you wish. I'm not going to stop you. Yeah. So, so he, um, he paid her off. Basically said, look, I ain't gonna harm you no more. You're free to live your life. Um, but I think you know he didn't say you have to not cooperate with the police. So you need to take this money, and just leave town. He's like, leave, stay, do whatever you're gonna do. But I'm not gonna hurt you no more. And I think that was him really trying to. Um, make amends. Yeah, make amends. Because Ghost is on this path of redemption. Uh, and you see it clearly as we move into like the last episodes when he's um, having a final conversation with Angie where he wants to prove to her that he can be the man that he always promised her he was going to ultimately be. Which is yeah. totally free of this game, totally free of violence, totally free of drugs. And he thought that was like um, a stepping stone to meeting that goal. Of being the man as you would have lived happily ever after with, but yeah, yeah but yeah, go ahead. and then and I said, and then back to your point, um, I definitely think when the FBI does show up and ghosts, ghosts, ghosts is too observant not to have noticed a whole squad of FBI agents showing up right, right. to the place that they just left, and right. as far as he knows, only two people know they were going there, and one of them is in the car with him. So I don't You're think right. he, I think he's gonna still try to. Drag Dre along a little bit more because I think he still wants to use Dre, um, but he peeped that he know what Dre's up to. Yeah, and Dre was he 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 looked way too uncomfortable, and he sees him like he's staring in that that side mirror. So I, I definitely feel like he peeped that. And from there, we go to Tariq getting exposed. Um, Tommy meets up with the Italians, just. Just, you know, I, I forgot what the original, the initial 
meeting was about. Tommy right. wanted to sell the Italians some drugs. Right, right. And the Italians is like the Italians or are they Irish? No, the Italians, they, right? they they Italians. Okay. The Italians. No, Tommy is Irish, they're Italian. Right. Okay. Yeah. So and, yeah. And then the Italians say, No, we already gotta connect. Uh and it shows him the product that they got from their, you know, so called connect. And Tommy immediately says, That's my shit, you know. Where'd y'all get it from? Yeah. And the the Italians pretty much the dude I forgot what that dude's name is the the head Italian yeah, I don't remember we either should, we should learn it because it's looking like he's gonna be around for a while anyway yeah. um but he pretty much tells him like this kid came in and Tommy goes into the Godfather mode which despite all his flaws I will say Tommy is probably the best father little father figure that Tariq has had next to <laughs> next to Ghost and Kanan, which super low bar. But like again, despite all his issues, Tommy is definitely the best father figure to Tariq. Like he he always has his best interest. Like he's never tried to, you know, he's never tried to just flat out pull the wool over his eyes like Ghost did. Mm-hmm. And he never just tried to lead him down this path of he tried to do everything the opposite of Kanan. Like, but before we get to that, that interaction between Tommy and the Italians, like Tommy was, you could tell Tommy was feeling himself just a little too much. And that was with him knowing that he had the protection of, of the Serbians on his side, mm-hmm. because he, he definitely kind of like tried to boss up on the Italians, like stay away from him or else like, Everything he was talking had an had a what or had an or else feel to it, and the Italians are like, "Look, I don't know who you think you are. Like, I'm gonna let this one slide. The fact that this kid stole from you and everything, but don't get it twisted. You still got that that rat Teresi involved with us. You got my godchild killed over some dumb stuff that you weren't even supposed to do, and you're not as t- and you know he's pretty much telling him like if there could if." If you want problems, there can be problems. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about that interaction? Uh, yeah, so you know, a very tense standoff. Um, actually, some pretty decent acting in that particular scene from all parties. Um, uh, but I think, yeah, I think the Italian dude did make a point to let Tommy know that you know, you got a certain place. You know, we know your father just died, or you had to kill your father, so we gonna give you a pass. But I'm not the one to be messed with. You know, I'm still the head of a mafia family. And my touch is a little bit, you know, my reach is a little bit longer than yours. Or my power is a little bit stronger than yours. Um, and your, because from what it looks like, Tommy got three people in his crew. So I, I, I don't <laughs> right. know who's in Tommy's organization to begin with. But it's usually Spank, uh, Grimace, and um, 2-Bit. So right. I don't think Tommy can take on an entire mafia uh, by himself. And then Tommy, uh, you know, rightfully back down, you know, didn't, didn't come off as like scared or anything, but, you know, kind of back down his comments and just kind of left it alone. Well, you got to remember that, like, even though directly under him, he has those three and, um, uh, Taino representative. Yeah. Number, number I mean, two. They all probably got shoulders and stuff, right. but I didn't want to go to war for Tommy. But you got to remember, like, he's under the protection of the Serbians. Yeah. So it's like, I think that's what kind of made him like, like if, if it can go down, it can go down. But like you said, he did kind of back it off. So yeah, from there, Tommy goes and confronts Tariq. 
and pretty much lays down the law with him that like, look, man, you're smart. You don't need to do this. And again, next to next to Donovan being one of the better uh, parental figures on this show. Um, and Tariq, we Tariq at this point is like he's he's pretty much just getting over like he was already doing that but like to see him kind of do this to Tommy after Tommy you know caught him red-handed I felt like if anyone he would be honest with Tommy but obviously not he goes back to the Italians and the the Italians press him up and now he has his own Jason problem just like his dad and Uncle Tommy what'd you feel about um we we learned that I learned that um thanks to imdb that uh vincent is the name of the ah yes guy. yes yes uh yeah so so both scenes really quick uh tommy you know with this whole do as i say not as i do approach to it um but it was uh, I, mean, I like how he was honest and direct with Tariq. like man basically look i had to do this stuff i had to get involved in this life because i came from nothing you come from a even though the reason why you are wealthy is because of this background of ours. This is not the place for you, and it's not something I want you to be involved in. Um, and, I, you know, Tariq paid him no mind at all because he lies to him about where he got the drugs. He doesn't admit to breaking into his his uh, stash. He makes it seem like it's just some letho from Canaan. And even if he wanted to be in the drug game any longer, he can't because, you know, that's the end of his stash. And then, of course, he goes right back to meet with the Italians um, and basically lets him know, look, uh, I didn't lie to you guys. I, I'm here because I guess was he there to something he was still in the game? Why did I, I'm confused? Why was he meeting with him again? Because he didn't have the product anymore, right? And it, it slips my mind a little bit, but like I feel like he's coming to to either apologize or be like, can we can we find another way to work around this? Right. But the dude Vincent's just like, nah, I got a better idea. Like you now, you really work for me. Yeah. And I was confused because at first, initially, I thought he was going to be getting the drugs from the Tigers. I thought that was going to be like his connect. But I didn't That's realize I he thought. was selling them drugs. And, yeah. you know, Vincent basically hammers him up, lets him know, like, we don't appreciate uh, you bringing your godfather to, you know, get involved in our in our lives or make these threats. Um, but they also realize, hey, this is Ghost's son. Um, yeah. And if they can use him uh, as a means to control Tommy Ghost and get some drugs to make money off of him, they will uh, kind of be in a better situation. And I think now we have, uh, like you spoke of um, in earlier episodes, now we have that thing that's going to put Tariq in danger, that's going to force Tommy and the other thing that's going to force Tommy and Ghost to work together. Yeah. Uh, because now the Italians are, are in the game. Yeah. Um, One thing I also Tariq- learned from this scene is that. Uh, I remember earlier I was talking about how we don't know how much time has passed in the, in, in the show. Uh-huh. This gave ideas to what time frame they are still in in the show. Because even though it's 2019, of course, for us, I think they're still in 2014, 2015, based on the uh, chote ID that uh, they pull out of Tariq's wallet. Huh. It gave the time frame to 2014, 2015. Good eye. Again, small TV over here. I, would, I, I, yeah. I, gonna, I won't go catch that. And I mean, that's not really a big factor in the scheme of the show, but it just kind of gave me a reference. Yeah, yeah that's this, still an interesting point. Yeah, how that's much time has passed from point. when the show first started to 
right now. So I think the show first started, what, six years ago? So that would have made it 2014. So in Showtime, maybe two years has transpired in all this time that they've been on the show. That's a rough two years. I know, right? Oh, man. So last last Tariq bit, um, we get him with uh, what's who is obviously at this point going to be the love interest. Um, oh, yeah. Him and Effie share their 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 tender moment and whatnot. I honestly, it was, it felt like it was like, okay, it was either going to be this or she was going to keep it completely business. And I'm not disappointed that this happened, but I'm also not excited about either. Um, I think I was more impressed by the fact that like, again, Tariq is smart when he was talking about the paintings and everything like that. It's just, it just was one of those sad things. of like, you don't need to do this kid. Like, you could like it's in it coming off the heels of what happened with the Italians that didn't need to happen. Like he could have had the conversation with Tommy and that literally could have been the end of it. Right. Like, but he's, he, he wants to be in the game now. How'd you feel about, uh, that interaction? Yeah. Uh, like I said, like you said, I, I was under the impression that I didn't know if, they were just going to be like really tight and close. And was she the new Tasha or was she the new Tommy? Um, mm-hmm. As far as like being a loyal social to him. But I guess they confirmed that in this particular episode where they share what seems to be their first kiss as they get closer and closer on a romantic level. Um, but like I said, Tariq ain't no idiot. He knows about book stuff. He know he could probably be go down a straight and narrow path and finish his chode and go on to be a lawyer, a doctor or whatever. Um, but he is so angry with his parents and so caught up into what Kanan was trying to teach him to be his own man that he thinks like this is the only way he can be independent. And the only way he can be independent is to be a bitter, bigger and better drug dealer than his father ever was. And we're going to see how that plays out. Yeah, we saw that in the clips from next week that him maybe Ghost finds out that he has also entered yeah. the game and kind of how Tariq basically says, hey, I learned, I learned from the best. I learned from you. Yeah, and I, I was gonna wait, but we might as well get get that out the way. Yeah, it seems like he's it's it's acceptance time. Like I am Iron Man, and there's no more hiding it. Like this is what it is, and y'all just gonna have to deal with this. Which I'm really interested in seeing how that plays out. Um, and I rewound it like four or five times. The the part of the on the next episode where somebody shoots into the trunk. I can't tell if that's him or Ghost. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because I, I don't think they showed a face. Yeah, like it's it's they kind of do, but it happens so fast that it's hard to get a, a decent freeze frame of it. Oh, okay. And like, I'm wondering, like, okay, is is Tariq about to catch body number two on top of Ray Ray? Mm-hmm. So we shall see. Yeah. So our last uh, our last two scenes, we have um. Burberry Q, who, in my opinion, at, at this point of the episode, I'm like, okay, he's doing everything he can to redeem all the dark-skinned dudes from Tyler Perry movies. Because <laughs> he's saying all the right stuff. Right. He's saying everything perfectly. He's Tasha basically it, tells him, I'm not interested. It pushes him away. We can't do this. And he is just adamant that I guess he found the love of his life after two and a half meetings. And he, right. he just won't let her let him go. 
I said, I already got the Burberry shirt. Like, what? What, what more do you need? You got kids. I got kids. Okay, we have but a match like, to have. Yeah. And she, but she said earlier, well, when Ghost comes by, like, you, you take everything from me. And Ghost with the, with the stare down. The death stare, yeah. The literal, the literal death stare. And, um, she, you know, he, she goes to talk to him real quick. And <laughs> this man Q goes, I've seen worse than him. I can handle him. And no, you goes, haven't. Okay. No, you can't. <laughs> right. You may be this tough, dude, but you ain't no killer. Yeah, you, you're not you're not ghost tough. You're not James A. Patrick tough. Which I'm like, this isn't this obviously isn't the end, but Ghost is so he's also petty. Like Tasha has her petty stuff, but Ghost does petty stuff like he he really tried to mad dog this dude when he knows he don't want Tasha. Granted, I know that they're trying they have to play this up for the campaign, but like I didn't know who Ghost thought he was trying to fool. It's like, dude, you just you just don't want him to have her. You don't want her. You just don't want him to have her. Well, I mean, and that's a, it was it was messy and hilarious at the same time. Yeah, I mean, well, you see, that's a staple for a lot of, and I'm not saying all men nothing, but a lot of guys is like, you used to be mine, you belong to me forever. Even if I don't want you no more, I'm ready to move on. I still don't want to see you sides. with nobody else. Yeah, I feel yeah. you. That's on both sides. Yeah. Um, people will have you have you believe it's it's famously men. I will say that. Famously, unfortunately, men are, have been prone to more violent means of this. Mm-hmm. But general scheme, it, it's both sides. Yep. Um, but like you, you see him like staring him through the window, but like Quentin staring back at him. And again, Quentin, you, 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 you may have seen what you think of worse, but um, nah, man, you this you don't want no parts of this. He'll, he'll make your body disappear. Yep. Also, so, real quick, you know, side note to that, I, I thought Tosh was going to use this daycare as just like a means to uh, launder money, but apparently mm-hmm. she really is committed to this daycare business because you don't see her and Tommy talking about it at all. Not, not saying that it won't come up later on, but I thought mm-hmm. this was all just a means for her to kind of find a way to launder some money, but apparently she is committed to being the daycare um, queen of uh, queens. So we'll see <laughs> how that goes. Um when you when you mention it when you say it out loud i um, i honestly think it's probably because this is the first thing that's hers mm-hmm. like she's always helped out with ghost stuff and this is hers so there is usually with most people when they when their name is attached to something that's theirs there's a sense that there should be a sense of pride that goes into it i think i think that's what we're seeing is that you know she doesn't just want a lot of the money she obviously wants a lot of the money but like she also wants this to be good, to be, you know, successful, mm-hmm. you know, for her, you know, a mental victory or just, you know, but at the same time, it's just like, I, and we, we talked about is, well, nah, I, I'll get to that point when we get to the, um, when we get to the very last scene, his, his, uh, with, uh, with ghost Angie, but, um, we got to talk about, we got to talk about Proctor. Oh yes. boy, the last. How did you? Yeah, what did you oh, think? I mean, so we can kind of just wrap all the Proctor child custody stuff into like this one quick discussion. Um, but you saw from the start where I always said that 
if, if anything is going to be the downfall of Proctor finally flipping on Ghost or, you know, trying to do something to save his thing, it's going to be, you know, to try to save custody of his daughter, keep his daughter in his life. So we saw a gamut of things in, that in this entire episode involving Proctor and his daughter. We saw Sax approach him again and basically say, hey, now that your ex is back on her feet and got this fancy new job and you're kind of a lawyer still, but you're also under investigation and you may be put up on federal charges because of your involvement in this Rico thing. You are the version using your daughter and we're going to try to use that to try to get him to flip. And you kind of saw maybe the wheels are spinning in his head like, damn, maybe I am, you know, kind of in a bad situation with uh, my ex finally get back on her feet and I may lose at least because he already lost half custody of the daughter, but he may actually get to the point where he loses full custody of his daughter. Especially if he keeps involving himself in ghosts. Um, but then you also see him prove that he's just as dirty and scandalous as he's a capable. ghost. He's capable. Yeah. Up until this point, it was we speculated if he would go that far. But to this particular episode, we saw he was capable, yeah. which I didn't think he was that capable. So uh, to me, I don't. I, I'm starting to believe. I don't know if that letter was real that she really failed to borrow. He planned it because he followed that up directly with all of a sudden he got a ring and he's moving yeah. on and he's proposing. So was that just a hell of a coincidence that he was just I, going to throw that on top of the fact that he was just trying to get her to kind of spiral out of control, or did she really fail the bar and he also was like, oh damn, something weird is going on. She seems a little manic. Let me push her over the edge. I think it was a plant because it it just looked too funny that he was he was putting her mail into the mailbox oh, unless he did it. open her yeah he he definitely when um when he's waiting to like drop her off um like he's he's putting her mail into the mailbox it so I think it's a plant I honestly could think it's a plant that he was just like okay he knew exactly what buttons to push because. He he let her check that out. He gave her just enough time to check that out, and then he ambushed her with this this relationship out of thin air mm -hmm. and just laid it on real thick. And it I, while it's going down, I'm just like, man, Proctor knew exactly what buttons to push to get her to push her in the right direction because all he had to do was just like, okay, I just need to get her on the tracks. She'll she'll make her way to the drug station. Right. You know, I don't have to put, you know, if I don't bring the, her the drugs, it it's she'll do it for me. And oh, we well, we'll we'll get to that. But like, yeah, for for it to end up that way with her getting hooked, well, getting getting super hot and pretty much ODing right then and there and him just hesitating cuz for a second he had that that mental that mental like conundrum of like can i really do this can mm -hmm. i really let the mother of my daughter die and like i've been saying all episode everybody's backs were against the wall right and they 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 had to make choices that they knew were wrong and they felt like they felt like they they did what they had to do right. the messed up part about this was at that point when she starts to go down he could have he could have easily just called an ambulance. He would have had exactly what he needed to get full custody. Right. See, but yeah. He, I, I thought that was his initial goal was just say, get her to fall off the wagon, get her to get high again. He takes that to the courts and he gets his daughter back full time. But I think when she went a little bit, like I don't think he went. She was going. He thought she was going to the extreme of getting that that much drugs 
And then once she started ODing, he just kind of just went with the flow of it and just said, "Hey, this, this ultimately so yeah, you know, I, I thought I could just get my daughter back, but this gets right out of our lives, Permanent. and I'm not to worry about this again." Yeah. So yeah. it was very cold blooded though. Like I mean, yeah, at the end like, of the day, you may hate your ex or you may hate, you know, what she become, but to just let her die, to let the the mother of your of your child die, um, when you could do something to stop up. it, yeah, that's cold blooded. Yeah, and excellent misdirection with the with the um, with the the bug. You know what I'm saying? Because I forgot earlier in the episode, like they're going over what's being played, and it's just like, yeah, uh, she's another power parent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Has no control. But the only thing that bug got her doing was her sl- don't engaging in child abuse when she slapped her right. kid. And like that, they played that, they wrote that so well that it almost felt like the bug was off the table. Like, mm-hmm. okay, like obviously I can't use this. And it, it, it made you kind of forget about it. So when they did that slow plan over, that pan over with the camera, mm-hmm. and you see it there, so it's like, oh gosh, like and legally sax can't use it but he now he knows and he can he can definitely blackmail proctor and i think that's what's going to cause proctor to to go to go into business for himself right um so we'll see we'll see if that that laptop makes it out of the storage locker so we have our last our last what we think is our last conversation with uh ghost angie aka his conscience um and yeah it great acting on his part um i i i did enjoy the fact that lila lila lauren just kind of played it off as she acted it out as this sort of indiscriminate entity like like what it's essentially what karma and what fate is fate and karma are indiscriminate they don't play it doesn't play sides it doesn't play favors it's indiscriminate it it's equal scale and the way she kind of played it of like like you're you're trying to be this you're telling me this but the end results don't match your words and he 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 disproved my theory he confessed to killing silver yeah and not gonna lie, that one, that one it hurt a little bit. It cut me deep because I needed it. I needed that theory to pan out. I needed deleterious silver to pop up and just be like, "Oh yeah, I'm alive." You know what I'm saying? I've been don't worry where I've been, but I'm not dead. And Ghost is innocent, but he confessed, and um, we we have the play out where it really looks like you know he's having this conversation with himself. And I think that's another another thing that I could be easily reaching on. He sees Angie as the better part of himself. Um, the embodiment of the better part of himself. And he's coming clean. And he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not going to be this person anymore. And I, I, I let her go. I let that, that lady go. I let Maria Suarez. I let her go. And I can do this. I, I can... I can live on with not killing her. And she drops that you will. You definitely gonna kill her. Mm-hmm. Which if we're if we're still thinking that this is his inner conscience, it's it's his own brain telling himself, like, I don't know who you're fooling. You're a killer. This is what you do. 
Yeah, right. Like you said, I think his whole conversation was Angie or his whole promise to Angie or even letting the lady go early in the episode was him trying to prove that he could be the man that she always wanted him to be. You know, a good guy, totally free from this life, totally free from all the craziness that comes with it and him just being a better person. But like you said, the entire time, he's not talking to a actual ghost. He's talking to himself and trying to convince himself that he can be this person. But because he is talking to himself, he knows that the real truth is that, yeah, he might have let her go for that moment, but he goes ain't the one to leave any loose strings, and he is going to ultimately revert back to what is his true nature, and that is just you know a cold blooded person that is going to do everything in his power to keep make sure that he um, is still alive and not in jail. So I think it was a good episode. I mean, a good scene. Um, like I said, normally I hate the acting in the show. I think they don't really have the best actors. Um, but this th- that scene actually showed that Amari um, can be a good actor, you know. Yeah. yeah sometimes. He, yeah, he definitely has his mix. Um, I, I was definitely on that, that train of, for a while. Where it's just like, this dude is just eye candy and he can't act. Um, but over the years, he's definitely proven me wrong. And I'm, you know. I'm glad now that I'm I'm wrong, but back then it was just like I understand the appeal, but the dude is he's kind of he's got a one note, but he he did some some prime acting um, in this this particular episode, just to name a few. But like I think he did a really great job with this one. Um, overall uh, takeaway from this episode, overall like I say strong episode. Um, I think a lot of this episode was about people pushed to the limit and then what they would do or what their response was when they get kind of thick into things. We saw it with everybody. We saw it with Proctor. We saw it with uh, Tasha when she was kind of pushed to her breaking point, what she would do. Um, we saw it a lot of different people. Um, and I think it was a good episode. Um, and I think it's a good setup point moving forward to see where all these different characters are going to branch off to. Um, as we head into, I mean, we still got a lot of episodes to go. I think what 12, 10 or eleven more episodes to go. Um, like eleven. Yeah, yeah. So we still got a ways to go, but they they started leading each character down their own kind of unique path that's going to end up in their ultimate, you know, fate, whatever that may be. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree. A um, bunch of people with their backs against the wall who had to make choices, and from here on out, we're going to see how those choices kind of affect them. Um, how long can Tasha hold out from uh, from from Quentin and his 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 sex and whatnot? <laughs> um, we shall see. Uh, we're gonna see how long Keisha can can really keep up with this if she can. Yes, yeah. she's talking a good game, but and I I was honestly shocked that that Tommy came clean about that. Like my mom said this, and she doesn't think he can handle this, and I think. In saying that, he was still doubtful himself, but we don't, we're going to see. Yeah, um, I think he definitely is very doubtful about whether Keisha can hold it down. But I think Tommy, he he said, said it himself in this episode, the thing he's always longed for and why he yeah. is so connected to Ghost and, and Tasha and Tariq and the kids is that he's always wanted a family. And now he felt like he's finally, he, he lost to a Holly. He never... Got to get the family um, once he found out she was pregnant and all that. But he feels like he finally has this with Keisha. He has her. He has cash. You know, you never see those two really interact. 
Um, but he think he's finally found the family that he's always longed for. And that's why he has been more easy with not trying to give Ghost a second chance or at this point, a fifth or sixth chance. He's really been like, hey, I got Tasha. I got the family I need. I got my empire. I'm really done with Ghost. And I think that's what's been keeping this wedge between the two of them. That being said, um, it's going to be really interesting. Now that he, he has claimed a family, it's going to be interesting to see how things shakes up when they eventually his family is eventually put in danger. Because yeah. in this life, like it's the it's inevitable. You know what I mean? Yeah. But well, not because um, not having a family is probably your biggest is an advantage to you in these particular situations. Yeah. It, it, straight up and truthfully, now that you said that out loud, it's probably how Tommy was able to get away with so much over the the years. You know of this show. That it's just like, yeah, Ghost and Tasha are his family, but he's not he's not directly tied to them. Like they got their own thing, they got their own issues. He can go off and do whatever, however, whenever, and those decisions not really affect them as mm-hmm. a whole. Ghost, definitely. But them that family as a whole, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. His own mother it's like he's not that involved with and we all it's already been established that you know um someone comes to her door asking questions she she knows exactly what to say and she'll throw him under the bus but not in a here's what you need to know but more of a i don't deal with him sort of way so it's like now he he was pretty much unencumbered but like now he's he's got a family to to think about and it's gonna it's gonna change his it should we'll see if it does but it should change his his thought process but it's tommy we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes mm-hmm. before we ride out um anything you want to anything you want to plug you want to tell people where they can find you oh yeah of course you can always find this episode and any previous episode of the pop podcast uh it's gonna change one day i'm so i'm so lazy i'm starting a new podcast one day um, but you can always find us on Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple I, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Wherever you find great podcasts, you can find this podcast. Uh, and you can also go to the Instagram to find whatever thing I'm going to post about power this particular week. Where can they find you, my brother? They can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Off The Clock Pod. O-F-F-T-H-A Clock Pod. You can email me, Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can find this podcast as well as uh, my podcast, the Off the Clock Podcast, on quite a few new platforms. Um, I made the jump to Anchor, so um, if you know, it comes with a whole slew, 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 a whole slew of other platforms that they're they're partnered with. I'm now on Spotify as well as iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcast, um, soon to be Stitcher, and all that good stuff, and. Um, We will see you guys next time. All right. See ya.